Hey, Cracked fans. Before we get back to today's episode, I just want to let all of you listeners know that all of the content we produce here at CR is made possible due to the support we get from our friends over at Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming equipment in the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's right, folks. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. And in a twist of poetic justice, I think our friends at Manscaped know the grass court season is upon us here in the tennis world. In honor of that grass court season, they just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the Lawnmower 4.0. You can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with their most sensitive region of their body with this exclusive offer for you. You can get 20% off and free world Worldwide shipping with the code NEWBALLSPLEASE at manscaped.com. That's right. They let us stick with the tennis theme. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NEWBALLSPLEASE at manscaped.com. And look, a little personal testimonial. I think anyone who's met me in two seconds will be like, eyebrows, thick, legs, very hairy. Guess what? It looks that way everywhere, folks. And I can tell you firsthand, Manscaped gets the job done. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code NEWBALLSPLEASE at manscaped.com and make shaving time your favorite time. Manscaped.com. The promo code is NEWBALLSPLEASE. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, August 5th. Folks, I've had the distinct privilege to watch some fantastic tennis unfold in person in 2021. I think about the 2021 National Indoor Championships in Oklahoma, watching the North Carolina women overcome a dramatic deficit, capture the National Championship, that match going till 1.32 a.m. That was super exciting, kind of epitomizes how great college tennis can be. Of course, I was also there in May to watch a ruckus Florida Gator crowd propel their men tennis team to the 2021 national championship but I have to say of all of the atmospheres all of the environments I've been at throughout my lifetime I cannot think of an atmosphere more electric than the scene we saw last night at the 2021 city open in particular watching Rafael Nadal secure a dramatic three-set victory over American Jack Sock that was your match of the day on Wednesday and certainly a match I want to discuss on today's podcast of course I am reporting on site at the 2021 City Open as such. That will be the focus of today's podcast. But of course, there are some other fantastic events going on across the tennis world as well that I want to briefly mention in particular. We've got three WTA level events this week, two of them here in North America, trying to watch as much of those tournaments as I can, sneaking in 10, 15, 20 minute stretches in the media room during the course of the day at the City Open grounds. But of course, again, I have been focused 
on the action at the City Open, so that will be the focus. We'll talk those WTA tournaments a bit. We'll also talk about the results we've seen at our two ATP challengers. But of course, before I can get to any of that, I have to remind all of you listeners that the reason this content is made possible day in, day out here on the Mini Break Podcast is because of the support we get from all of you, from our Cracked Rackets Patreon family, and of course, from our friends over at Tennis Point. And we can officially make the announcement. We will be on site at the 2021 Western and Southern Open doing a live podcast from the Tennis Point booth. For those of you who have never been to the Western and Southern Grounds, Tennis Point, formerly, of course, Midwest Sports, huge supporters of the Western and Southern Open. They always have the massive tent, the massive setup with all of the gear, all of the best products for all of you tennis fans to enjoy. We will be doing a live podcast on the grounds of the 2021 Western and Southern Open. Believe that show is going to be Friday morning, the day of the quarterfinals. Now, again, still some details in the air. Don't want to get too far ahead of it. Should have some really fun guests. Should be a super, super fun opportunity, super fun show, something we are really excited about here to do at Crack Rackets, to get on the grounds, to be performing some live content, to just be in a tennis environment on the scene, talking to the fans. And of course, just again, there's that's the, that's the part of the game all of us missed so much throughout the 2020 season. I will say again, to, to harp on this point, the atmosphere at, at the City Open is absolutely incredible. And of course, we hope we will be able to see that atmosphere replicated at the Western and Southern Open. Hopefully, some of you listeners will be there as well. You are interested in this live podcast. You'd want to come watch if we host the show. So again, if you want more details, feel free to tweet at me at GreatShotPod at Crack Rackets. Of course, we will be providing more details as they become available, but that's something we are super excited about doing with our friends at Tennis Point who support each and every endeavor we try here at Cracked Rackets and support tennis players across the globe by providing the best equipment in the business at the best prices. And you already know the deal. If you need to update anything in your tennis arsenal, whether it's shoes, rackets, strings, grips, you name it, they've got it. You go to tennis-point.com, use our promo code CR15, you'll get 15% off your order. Free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Again, that's Tennis-Point, the symbol, not the spelling, Tennis-Point.com. The promo code is CR15. With all of that said, I could not be more excited to share my thoughts on yesterday's action at the 2021 City Open because, to be frank, it was a phenomenal day of tennis. You look just across the board. We have seven Americans into the round of 16 at the City Open for the first time since 1993. For those of you at home curious, that means it's the most Americans in the Alex Gruskin era. Now, that is not how we measure things normally, of course, in the tennis world. But to be clear, I was born in 1995. Obviously, you go back to that 1993 event. You get guys like Robbie Weiss's of the world, the Mal Washington's of the world, the Todd Martin's of the world. Completely different generation of tennis. And I think that speaks to you know the fact that it's been that long. It speaks to the changes we've seen in the game. Tennis far more an international sport than it was 70s, 80s, 90s. I should say internationally dominated sport than it was in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s. But, I mean, you look at the field here. Yes, you know, it's a slightly diminished field given, you know, no seats. Uh, we, you think Zverev would be here, maybe a Tsitsipas, maybe 2019 finalist Daniil Medvedev had the Olympics not been the week prior. But you look across the board, I think the results we've seen up and down, these are Americans who have earned their spots in the round of 16. And you look at just the guys who are still alive in the field, guys like, you know, Mackie McDonald, who has worked his 
his way back into the top 100. Of course, guys like the youngsters, Nakashima, Korda, Brooksby, who seem to be winning everything they play. And then, of course, you do have those middle generation guys. You've got a Riley Opelka, who, you know, is not old by any stretch of the imagination at 23, 24 years old this year. But then, you know, the veterans, the Stevie J's of the world, the Dennis Kudlas of the world. It's a really fun mix of American players here at the City Open. And of course, we here at Crack Rackets have had the privilege. I think all seven Americans remaining have been on our Crack Rackets po- uh, Cracked Interviews podcast. In fact, yeah, all seven of the remaining Americans have been on the Cracked Interviews podcast. So again, this City Open has turned into that nexus of everything we love here at CR. But the place I have to start in our City Open conversation is a match that features ni- uh, uh, two players that have not been on the Cracked Interviews podcast, but hopefully we can get them on there someday soon. And that, of course, starts with our headline match, the nightcap on setter court, Rafael Nadal coming back, playing his first match since losing to Novak Djokovic at the 2021 French Open. He earns a dramatic 6-2-4-6-7-6 victory over Sock uh, in his City Open debut. Now, of course, a lot of different pieces, a lot of different parts of this match that are worth touching on. Let's just start with the crowd, though. Oh my goodness, was the energy absolutely. I'm sorry to keep using this term. It was fucking electric in that building. And I will say this. I'm stealing a Peter Smith quote here. The former uh, USC quote uh, coach used to always say, when college tennis is good, it is really good. When a city open crowd or a professional tennis crowd is locked in, I can't imagine a more electric feeling. The goosebumps I'm experiencing, even talking about it now, point after point after point. Let's go, Rafa, or vamos, Rafa, or let's go, Jack, you can do this, or I I swear to God, someone yelled in the crowd, nice ass, Jack, and just, I mean, because he is part of the all ass team, let's be clear, but it was amazing, and I mean, the fact that you had a fan kicked out of the the stadium because she was too rowdy, because she was too ruckus, how frequently does that happen in tennis? Never. And one could argue, part of the structural flaws with tennis is that it is a sport that, because it's under the persona of a gentleman's sport, and by the way, shout out to Jordan Thompson for saying Elias Emer should have given him the point under the premise that it is a gentleman's sport. We talked about that yesterday. I'll get back to that. I know that was a throwaway comment, and some of you, that was an unfair throwaway comment that wasn't a dig at Jordan Thompson. Just, again, shout out to the gentlemanly sports nature of professional tennis. But of course, again, getting back to it, I mean... It was an electric crowd, and they propelled Jack from the beginning. And I know that first set says it was a 6-2 scoreline. Let's be clear. Sock had breakpoint chances, was sniffing around in those Rafa Nadal service games right from the beginning of this match. And he came out swinging, and it was very clear for Jack, who, by the way, won the Little Rock uh, Challenger title earlier this season and has made a, you know, had some success at Newport, won a match there, and is starting to find his rhythm once again here on tour, getting closer and closer to reapproaching that top 100. But Sock very clearly made a conscious decision coming into this match. And if you've watched Jack Sock, you know he likes to camp out in that for, uh, backhand corner to try and hit inside out, inside in forehands, avoid hitting the backhand when Whenever possible, as such, he'll stand six to 12 feet behind the baseline. But the thing was, when Sock was forced to hit backhands in this match, he was swinging through. And that is not something you see frequently from Jack Sock. And again, getting back to it, he made the conscious decision coming into the match. You know what? Even if I miss all of my backhand drives, even if I miss that ball long 99 consecutive times, I would rather go down swinging, playing on my terms, than guaranteeing myself a slow but certain death by slicing the backhand and getting into the forehand patterns with Rafa. And man, again, 
all of the credit in the world to Jack Sock, who played this match on his terms, who went down swinging, whose athleticism, whose quickness, whose strength, whose flexibility, whose creativity, his feel around the court, all of it was on display today against Rafa. And again, his ability to swing through that forehand, his ability, it felt like in that second set, and if you were watching the match closely, he had a million set, but not a million, but it felt like he had multiple set points, three or four, in Rafa's three, four, uh, five service game in that second set. Rafa's able to hold for four or five. And how many times have we seen the greats, the Rafa's, the Djokovic's, the Federer's, the Murray's, after they escape with a, you know, down a break with a tough hold, they end up getting that break back right away. That that was not the case for Rafa Nadal at the end of that second set. Jack Sock held comfortably. He held with ease throughout the course of the second. And then guess what he did? He breaks Rafa right away to start the third set. There was this wave of momentum, this ride of energy Jack Sock had throughout the course of this match that was palpable. It was contagious, and given the reaction on tennis Twitter, given the reaction from the crowd members, it was quite clear all tennis fans, regardless of who you were rooting for, were were, uh, attracted to that energy and clearly gravitated towards it. It's what made this match super, super special, of course. Perhaps no one during this match was more stressed than uh, City Open President Mark Ein, who, of course, is watching this unfold. And he's like, how much do we pay Rafa in an appearance fee? And he might lose first round. No, 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 no. This cannot happen for the tournament. So certainly a sigh of relief as Rafa able to get into, get that break back in the third set, earn uh, a tiebreaker, and then ultimately knock off Sock 7-1 in that third set breaker. You look at the course of this match, the stats for Rafa makes 59% of his first serves. Obviously, that's not the best number, and I had the chance to ask him about that after the match, and you all may have seen me tweet out the press conference at Great Shot Pod. I was the one who asked, when you're playing someone who's playing as aggressive as Jack, when you're playing someone who is going for broke as frequently, what's going through Rafa's head? What's he trying to do to break Jack's rhythm? And Look, he said candidly, I I need to make more first serves in play. Making only 59% against Jack wasn't good enough. And, you know, he wasn't good enough with his plus one ball. He wasn't good enough of, you know, again, being the dictator, being the one playing on his terms. Too often he had to read and react to what Jack Sock was doing, whether it was the explosive forehand down the line, whether it was the spontaneous drop shot, whether it's Sock's, again, ability to move forward and hands at the net once he's there. Sock did so many things. To, be, uh, to take initiative, to be the aggressor against Rafa. But look, in the end, Rafa's going to Rafa. And I have to say, you will never appreciate the fight of Rafael Nadal more than when you see him in person. And I'm not saying you can't appreciate it over the TV, but when you can actually observe his body language and just watch him for the duration of the match, see how focused he is, see how intense he is. And then again, Rafa Nadal is not exactly, you know, At this point, you would think a first-round match at the City Open probably doesn't mean that much to him. But to see the 35-year-old unleash the fist pump of all fist pumps after he got through that Jack Sock match. Again, an innocuous first-round City Open match that 10 years from now no one will remember. Um, Nadal is like the jumping fist pump. You just – I'm getting goosebumps again just thinking about it because it is so clear even at this stage of his career how much he cares about the sport, how competitive he is, and that is always what has made him so special. The ability for Rafa to compete, his never-say-die attitude, the fact that he is going to give 150% in each and every point he plays, and that's not a quality you would say about Djokovic, about a Federer who, let's be honest, they pick their spots a little bit 
more than Rafa. That's not Rafa. Each and every point, you're getting the same Rafael Nadal. It's super, super special. Again, devastated that Jack Sock had to lose this match. And the ovation the crowd gave Sock on the way out the door. I'm hitting my chest as I'm talking about it. Super, super special. I mean, it's the sort of thing, again, I will remember for the duration of my time as a tennis fan. And I know for Jack, again, the confidence boost, he's right there on the level with uh, with Rafa in this match. And he's certainly super, super close uh, to getting the job done. And you look for Jack now in the ATP rankings, currently uh, still outside the top two, uh, 150. He's currently number 185. But clearly, again, if you've watched him play this year, seen him compete at the challenger level saw him play this match as well. He's getting closer to 2017 Jack than he is to the one we saw in 2018-2019 struggle so thoroughly on the ATP Tour. But, man, again, you look for Rafa. The serve's been an issue for him all year long. And even in his victories, you know, he's he's below his career averages in hold percentage, in first serve percentage, in first serve points one, in second serve points one, in hold, I mentioned hold percentage, in total serve points one as well. All of his numbers right now slightly below his career averages. I think that makes sense. I think if you've watched him play, the numbers reflect what we're seeing with our eyes. And again, I do think Rafa's still playing... Very, very good tennis, obviously. The fact that he was able to beat Jack Sock when Sock was playing this well speaks to the competitor and all that is Rafa, but... There are definitely some vulnerabilities with Rafa on a hard court in particular right now. And talking to him after the match, you saw him moving gingerly for him. It's a bunch of pain management with the foot. It's not an underlying fitness issue. It's just the fact he's dealt with so much pain in that foot over the course of his career. And again, it's managing that pain right now. And moving forward, that's obviously something to keep an eye on. You imagine him playing this City Open guarantees that, once again, he's only going to play one of either the Western and Southern Open or more likely the Rogers Cup, but again, first match, gets the victory. Will he even play tonight's match? It will be interesting to see. Certainly, we you imagine he will give it a go, but what a fantastic competition. What an electric crowd. Shout out to the DC community for showing up strong. Shout out for them for cheering on both of these players again. This is what tennis is all about, and it was a random Wednesday night in the start of August in Washington, D.C., and I know it was great to have Rafael Nadal available there, uh, and, and that is certainly always going to be a crowd drawn. I believe we had Senator Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, I think Mark Warner was in the crowd as well. Really, really fun celebrity-filled, uh, celebrity-filled, I suppose. They're senators. I don't know if they're celebrities, but I, there were celebrities. There were other professional athletes in the crowd. The point being, it was freaking awesome, and I'm so grateful to the City Open for granting me a media pass to be able to see that match in person, and hopefully I did justice in displaying and describing that match to all of you, and seriously, if you haven't watched it yet, go check out the replay. Even if you don't watch the full thing, go watch the end of the second set and the start of the, and, you know, the third, because you will feel that energy through the screen. It is absolutely palpable, but the funniest thing is that was only one match on the day Again, I think it has to be said, the preponderance of successful Americans here on the ground certainly led to an engaged crowd all day long. And you look at the results we saw, again, the seven Americans that have advanced now to the round of 16. We'll start with the youngins. You've got that exciting generation, Korda, Nakashima, Brooksby, and I did some history searching. The last time something even remotely similar happened at the City Open, you'd have to go back to the 2005 season. You had 22-year-olds Robbie 
Ginepri, uh, you had Bobby Reynolds, you had Andy Roddick, each making the round of 16 at that event. Of course, we've got four others, though, in the round of 16 here as well in Stevie Johnson, Mackie McDonald, Riley Opelka, and then last but certainly uh, not least on that list, of course. I, who am I missing here? There's a seventh. McDonald. Oh, oh, and Dennis Kudla. There it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really special group. And, of course, again, you start with those youngsters. I, I tweeted this out. I'm curious. Andy Roddick's the only Grand Slam champ, right, of, of the three of Reynolds and Ginepri. And Reynolds and Ginepri, they were top 75 guys for a healthy amount of time. But I'm curious if people are more excited about the trio of Brooksby, Nakashima, and Korda and think they'll be able to accomplish more than that Roddick, Ginepri, Reynolds uh, generation was able to do, of course. I've had this conversation on multiple podcasts of late, but not only do you have the youngsters, you have the OG next-gen crew, the Fritz, Opelka, Tiafo, uh, Tommy Paul, of course, guys like Michael Moe and Stefan Kozlov, and all of them are still like, hey, we still are in the mix. Don't forget about us yet either. Of course, J.J. Wolf in there as well. There are so many exciting young American prospects right now. It's going to be really fun to watch them all compete this week. Of course, you look for Brandon Nakashima. I don't know how he's doing it, man. I mean, third consecutive week of play, finals of Los Cabos, finals of Los, uh, of Atlantis, played so much tennis of late, but gets another victory here, this time over Dan Evans, 7-6-6 love, and it's worth mentioning, Dan Evans, first match back for, uh, post-COVID for him, he unfortunately wasn't able to play the Olympic Games, had to withdraw due to that COVID diagnosis, I had the chance in the presser yesterday to ask him how he was feeling, how difficult it is to get back on court following uh, that diagnosis, and you know, I also wanted to ask him about uh, his thoughts on Nakashima's level, how solid Brandon is. I got the chance to ask Brandon about dealing with the heavy slice game of Daniel Evans. Unfortunately, we don't have audio for those uh, answers, but again, if you would like to read their thoughts, I, I don't think you want to hear me reading their words to all of you. Maybe you do. If you do, at Grade Shot Pod, I'll incorporate them into tomorrow's mini break podcast, but you can find all of those questions, all of their answers on my Twitter feed, at Grade Shot Pod, trying to tweet out all of the questions I ask. I didn't tweet out two questions I asked to Riley Opelka because, again, I think I'm just cursed. I think I'm destined to just ask bad questions to Riley Opelka till the end of eternity, but, again, I'm trying to post all those as soon as we do them so you can find them all, again, on the website or on uh, my Twitter feed at GreatShotPod. But, again, for Nakashima, I mean, just rock solid off of both wings and made that match physical. And you could tell after he won that first set that Evans just didn't have a lot left in the gas. And so Brandon put his foot on the gas pedal uh, to get that early break lead. And just, you know, when Brandon Nakashima has a lead, he's never going to beat himself. And so that was a really, really strong performance. Ditto, uh, as we look at some of the other Americans that advanced yesterday, I thought for Mackey, who back into the top 100 since uh, before he was injured in 2019 and afterwards, he gave me a great quote where he said, yeah, it's about damn time I'm back in the top 100 following the result and um, you know again it's impossible to feel anything but good for him the man lost a hamstring and now he's back in the top 100 and just doesn't seem to have lost a, sh- a second of his athleticism his timing his just feel around the court just uh, he is a top 100 tennis player and I think all of us discussed Mackie McDonald as a top 100 guy uh, and his just his ranking hadn't reflected that fact it does once again and for him you know he was up 5-3 in his first set against Benoit Paire Benoit then ripped off 11 straight points I think it was just kind of a blip in concentration uh, but throughout that third set it just felt like Mackie was going to be win not 
if he was going to break Benoit. Ultimately, he's able to get over the hump and do so. He's now got a matchup with Ilya Ivashka. Ivashka continues his incredible season. One of the breakthrough stars of this ATP Tour, much like Arthur Rindernesh, has found himself from outside the top 100, comfortably now into the top 70 on the back of a couple of challenger titles, as well as, I believe, now three ATP quarterfinals, some slam success as well. He's like 46 and 22 over the last 52 weeks. That's super, super special. That's how you jump from the challenger ranks to the ATP level. And so for him, I mean, Grigor Dimitrov looked a little lost in that matchup and Avashka, it just felt like Avashka had to keep enough balls in play and be an aggressive baseliner, not be much more dynamic than that. And eventually he was going to draw an error from Grigor. Um, but Credit to Ivashka. Again, this sort of round of 16 here at a 500, very much deserved for a guy who has been a top 75 player, certainly, here in 2021. But again, up and down the board, you look at the results we saw yesterday. Again, for the um, Americans, Nakashima, a winner. Mackey, a winner. We had wins. Dennis Kudla, 4-2 and two over Taylor Fritz. A bunch of upsets on the board yesterday as six seeds knocked out before the round of 16. I mentioned Stevie J. He upsets Alex Diemenauer, the number three seed, 6-7-6. Six, Four six two and for Stevie who was zero and five through his first five events here at the start of 2021 now eight and five since the start of the French Open it's not great but it's pretty solid and again that's what keeps you in the top 100 and talking to Stevie and if you know Stevie you know he's a guy who has always embraced the crowds always embraced the fans that's been so critical to him because he loves he likes tennis a lot he likes playing it but he doesn't love you know again just being on court for the sake of being on court he wants to be a professional athlete he wants fans to entertain. Steve Johnson as a tennis entertainer is him at his best. And I think we're seeing that once again, particularly now in North America in front of the fans. He talked openly. Again, you can read that answer on my Twitter feed about how important it is to be back out here, what's clicking for him right now in his game, why he's playing his best, entering this uh, summer hardcourt stretch. Again, Demon Hour, another guy coming back post-COVID, still trying to find his lungs, still trying to find his way. But credit to Stevie, man. He needed this run, certainly gets it. And now you look in the rankings for Steve Johnson. He does have a bunch of points to defend here down the home stretch. I believe he's got a challenger title, a challenger final, a couple a U.S. Open win as well. Currently number 85 in the ATP rankings. He beats uh, one more win today, and he's got a very winnable match now. Does Stevie in his next one as he is, I believe, taking on Ricardus Barankis. You know, one more win for Stevie. He gets back up into the top 80 and... You know, that's a solid place to be. Certainly, he'll have the opportunity to get into Winston-Salem, which I know is on his schedule, and he should be in qualities for Cincy, for the Rogers Cup. Obviously, he'll get into that U.S. Open. It's a good place for uh, a veteran to be quali- comfortably in the top 100, playing at the HP level, putting yourself in a position to stick around there and set yourself up for a successful 2022. But again, shout out to Stevie, finally playing some better tennis. Sad we don't see a better Demon Hour yet, but, you know, hopefully again, as he regains his form— We'll see a big summer from him because certainly it's been an up-and-down season. But, you know, again, looking elsewhere at the City Open results, I'm not going to break down every result, but in the battle of the Spider-Man meme match, Yannick Sinner outdoes Emil Rusevori 6-2-6-4 in the end. You also had a 6-3 and win from Riley Opelka that I saw, thought saw him play very well outside of just his serve, which, of course, got better and better as the match progressed. Great win for Nishikori, 2-5 and over Sasha Bublik. Again, I mentioned the Kudla win, 4-2 over Fritz was a puzzling one for Taylor Fritz, but man, in a, in the hot summer heat, I don't hot summer heat. Hey, great shot. That's not redundant. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to play Dennis Kudla because man, is that guy fit as a fiddle. And speaking of which, fit as a fiddle, 
John Millman knocks off the run of Elias Emer, 6-2-7-6. And, you know, again, I talked about the Thompson-Emer incident yesterday, but if you want to read more on Jordan Thompson's thoughts, what exactly happened, I know Ben Rothenberg spoke with Jordan yesterday, and so you can check that out on his Twitter feed. Last but not least, of course, Lloyd Harris, your 14 seed, 6-4-1 love retirement victory. Unfortunately, Dennis Sandgren having to retire from the match. But ultimately, that's your Wednesday at the 2021 City Open. I cannot emphasize enough. Electric crowds there. So great to have full capacity at these events. I sincerely am grateful that everyone is being respectful of people's personal space. Everyone is being very candid and, hey, I'm vaccinated. Do you mind if I sit next to you? I want to be comfortable. Like, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. And you always appreciate that. I Certainly, it's great to have communication. It's also great, again, to any of you listeners who have come up and said hello. Hello to all of you. Thank you so much. I don't think my ego needs the health, but to me, to have people at these events who go, hey, it's Cracked Rackets, or, you know, Gruskin, what's up? Never Alex, of course. It's never, hey, Alex, how are you? It's Gruskin, what's up? Or Cracked Rackets. And for the record, I wouldn't have it any other way. I much prefer that to being called my first name. And so, sincerely, thank you to all of you who have come and said hello, who have chatted tennis. All I want to do on these sites is talk tennis with my fellow tennis fans and fellow members of the tennis community. There's also been, you know, again, I do a lot of people watching. I do a lot of listening on the grounds just to hear what are the vibes? What do the normies, the non-super invested tennis journalists and tennis Twitter diehards think about the plethora of players out there? And it was great hearing the the casual takes about Jack Soccer. The, no, you know, I'm pretty sure he's just been focusing full-time on doubles, but clearly now he's going to start focusing on singles again, and he's still got the game. It's like, well... That's not what happened, but I'm glad you all see the talent for Jack Sock as well. And again, all of these conversations, such a privilege. So if you are on site at the City Open, if you see me, I'll have the Crack Rackets lit on. Come say hello. It's what makes going to these events super, super special. But again, that is your Wednesday at the City Open. Certainly a super fun day of action. And speaking of... Of fun things of action we do here at Crack Rackets. I have a call to action for all of you listeners. A call to action from our friends over at Manscaped. And look, again, below the waist grooming. It's not something you're talking about day in, day out. I can promise you this. Not a single person who's gone, hey, Crack Rackets at the City Open has gone, hey, I love your Manscaped ads. That said... It's not something you should be talking about openly. It's not something you want to be thinking about day in, day out, because the moment you're thinking about your below-the-waist grooming habits, that's the moment you're starting to realize, oh, man, I do not have the habits I need to be a standard and respectable member of society nowadays. And thankfully, our friends at Manscaped make it super, super easy by providing the best equipment in the business for your men's below-the-waist grooming needs. They offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels and just launched the lawnmower 4.0 you heard that right not the 1.0 not the 2.0 not the 3.0 the 4.0 you can join the over 2 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with their below the waist grooming needs if you use our exclusive offer new balls please at their website manscaped.com you'll get 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping again with the code new balls please at their website manscaped.com 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping look It's the only 
uh, engineered tools with the ultimate groin and body trimmer experience. It's focusing on intelligent functionality and incredibly comfort grooming experience. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade, folks, to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. You should as well. Again, it's manscaped.com. The promo code is new balls. Please unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job manscape.com the promo code is new balls please with that said let's quickly look at the action happening elsewhere in the tennis world let's start with the three wta events happening two of them in north america this week in particular we have a wta 500 happening in san jose that i happen to think has a sneaky good draw we mentioned yesterday the top seeds in the field number one seed elisa mertens number two seed elena rabakina neither of them have kicked off their campaign yet they both start their round of 16 matches here on Thursday, but you look at yesterday's results, we did see three seeds knocked off in their matches. Let's start with perhaps the least surprising of the upsets, Anaconia, who was one of my most interesting players to watch down the home stretch of this summer on a Great Shot podcast I did with David Kane a few weeks ago. She goes from qualifying into the quarterfinals of this 500-level event, knocking off Marie Buskova in three sets, then Ali Risk yesterday, 6-1-6-4. You look now for Konya, whose power takes two seconds of watching her to be like, oh yeah, she's got the top-tier power. She's not quite power tennis country club, but that backhand down the line, super, super special. Her contact point, ability to take that ball early on the rise and just down the line, cross-court. One of those players who does have such good uh, contact with her ground strokes that she's able to hit through you going cross-court as well as down the line. So difficult to hit a cross-court natural uh, winner. You know, that's Think about the Delpo cross-court forehand winner, right? He's like the one guy capable of pulling that shot off. Well, the Konya backhand cross-court winner, that's the neighborhood she hangs out in. And you look for Anaconya now with the quarterfinal result here. She is back right around number 100 in the live ranking. She's currently at 107. One more win here this week puts her at number 100 overall, would get her into the top 100. Unless Claire Liu knocks off Elena Rabakina, then she would be number 101. But I mean, Konya belongs in the top 100, and you look at the ELO ratings for her right now on Konya in terms of overall ELO, currently number 64 in terms of 2021 specific results, her 25-12 and 12 record heading into the week, good for 55th overall, and again, she was a player who was a former number one junior in the world, was clearly ascending towards top 15, top 10 status before injuries got the better of her. Most importantly, it's great to see her playing healthy, certainly if you're alley risk, troubling trend continues. It's been a tough year for Risk. She just hasn't quite found her rhythm, but that result had more to do with things Konya was doing right than anything Risk was doing wrong. Of course, you look elsewhere. Magda Lynette continues a solid season for her this time, 5-6. and six. Over number 6 seed Petra Martic, Shui Zhang, after knocking off Emma Radakanu uh, in round 1, gets the upset win. Over third seeded Madison Keys, seven five seven six. You also had one seed on the day earning a victory. It was Daria Kasakina. She comes back from a set down three six seven five six three to take the match over Garcia in the post match presser. Kasakina asked what flipped for her. She goes, you know, sometimes it just helps to make more tennis balls on the court. And I know that was obviously a sarcastic, simple answer, but honest to God, go watch the first set, then sets two and three. 
yeah, Kasekina's level. She's like, you know what? I'm done beating myself. If Garcia's going to hit these incredible winners, and, you know, I call Caroline Garcia. She's in the Garbine Muguruza .75 camp with Alia Tomjanovic-ish as well. Um, Tomjanovic-ish players as well. But, yeah, I mean, look, Daria Kasekina has won three titles, I believe, at the WTA level this season. You look right now in the rankings, Kasekina currently uh, sitting at number 31. You look at the race to the year on finals, how many points she's accumulated here in this season. Kasekina, top 20 player by that metric. She's number 18. You look, again, in terms of 2021 ELO, Kasekina number 22. In terms of overall ELO, Kasekina is number 25. If all of the advanced metrics and all of your results suggest you're a top 30 player, you're probably a top 30 player, and we've talked about this before, but the standard deviation of what it takes to be a top 30 WTA player right now is, in my opinion, higher than it's ever been in history. And again, Kasekina has very much earned the distinction of top 30 player here this season. She is the one seed to advance to the quarterfinals uh, yesterday in San Jose. Again, a three-set win for her over Caroline Garcia. You look at today's matchups, I think they're sneaky fun. Claire Lou versus Elena Rabakina. That's a crack racket special, as you know. Sloane Stevens versus Danielle Collins. Sneaky fun rivalry in American women's tennis. Then you've got Mertens versus Mladenovic. Tamjanovic versus Putin Seva. Those are fun matches. Like, you're going to say, but there's not top 15. There are no top 15 players in this WTA 500. That's fair. That's a fair counterpoint. I don't know why I did the mocking voice, because that's a fair criticism. The counter would be, though, it's a WTA 500 located the week after an Olympics. And considering the Olympics was last week, to have this quality of field, good field. Sneaky good. Not outright good. Sneaky good. In San Jose, that's where things stand right now on the WTA side with the action happening over there. But of course, uh, that is not your only WTA event. As I mentioned, we've got matches going on in Concord this week at the 125. Again, half the uh, quarterfinals field set. You did have wins from number two and three seeds. Uh, Sue C yesterday over Beatrice Haddad Maya, Madison Brangle, 616762. Over Texas freshman standout Lulu Sun, you also had wins from Christina Buxka, uh, Buxa over Usue Arcanada, and you had Bulk Vadadze over Hrit Minin as well. In terms of the matchup set up here for uh, Thursday, some fun ones. Katrina Scott, who I believe was named the number one seed at the USTA Girls 18s National Championships in Kalamazoo. Scott going to have the opportunity to compete for a U.S. Open main draw wild card there. And if you want to hear a preview of that event, Colette Lewis joined me on the Great Shot podcast last week. You can go check that out. But she's got an All-American matchup against Caroline Dalahai. You've got Magdalena Frich taking on Storm Sanders. Vera Zavonareva, who's probably your favorite in the draw to capture the title this week taking on Vavara Lepchenko, and then Renata Zarazua taking on Grace Min uh, in your other round of 16 match here on Thursday. And then finally, you look at the action in Romania. Again, half the quarterfinal field set already. I won't lie, I have not had the chance to watch any of this event unfold. I suppose a little bit of highlights, but I haven't been able to watch any of it live. But you look at where we are at. Shmadova knocks off Yuvan yesterday. Krunik knocks off Bogdan. You also had Mendez beaten Serang. Petkovic over Kirstein. That's your bottom half. It's Smadova versus Krunik. Mendez versus Petkovic. Top half round of 16 today. Only one seed left in play. It's Kristina Kutseva, who's taken on Irina Bara in a round of 16 match. You've also got Kara versus Kristina Pliskova. Arubarena, who won a title earlier this year, I believe, versus Boost and Rescue. And then Meyer Sharif, former Pepperdine standout, taking on one of 
the top juniors in the world in Alexandra Iela. Those are your WTA level matches. Now, again, on the challenger circuit, two challengers this week does feel like we're scaled back compared to most weeks, but you look some fun matchups across the board. I know, I believe there was some rain yesterday in the Czech Republic that knocked off a couple of the matches. So they got moved to today, but you look at who's advanced to the quarterfinals thus far. Vanderson Sculpt versus Alex Richard, Camille Matrasek versus Alex Mulcan, Mark Pullman's versus Malik Jaziri. We'll find out if it's Machak and Miljevic or Furness and Meltzer advancing to to the round of 16 there uh, at challenger number one happening in the Czech Republic. Challenger number two, of course, happens in Italy this week. You've got, uh, again, some rain making things a little bit difficult, so we're still a little bit behind, but half of the quarterfinal field set, I mentioned them yesterday, Serendolo, Colorini, Zampieri, all making it Juan Pablo Varias, Husler, Tomas Barrios Vera, all the names you're used to hearing having success, of course, on the Challenger Tour this week. And if you've missed any of that Challenger action, catch up every Monday with it uh, with our friends Damian Kust and Jakob Babro. But with that said, again, really fun week of professional tennis for all of us fans to enjoy. Again, I am live on the grounds at the City Open. If you're there, come say hello. I've got the white Crack Rackets hat on, usually a Crack Rackets shirt on as well. And hopefully, you listeners, if you've seen us, our Instagram, you follow us, you We'll recognize these thick eyebrows wherever you see them. So please, if you're in the stands, come say hello. Part of the highlights for me being at this event, not only is it seeing the tennis, but sincerely getting to hang out with all of our Cracked Rackets friends, our extended Cracked Rackets community, and just be on the grounds at a tennis event. That's what it's all about. So please come say hello. Uh, that I want to talk tennis with as many of you as possible. But of course, if you've missed out on any of the action, you can find all of my questions in the pressers, all of the answers I've received on my Twitter, at GreatChat. Pod, of course. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly? I am at Great Shot Pod. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, Cracked Interviews podcast, and of course the uh, mini uh, Great Shot Podcast as well. Again, the more immediate updates: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Cracked Rackets. A shout out as always to our super producers Max Fliegner and Daniel Wasta for the f- of an editing job they do day in day out. A shout out as well to our friends over at Midwest. Uh, excuse me, over at Tennis point. Remember, it's tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. And by the way, live show, Western Southern Open, quarterfinal Friday. Be ready. Be excited. Let us know if you are interested. But with all of that in mind, for our super producers, Fligner and Westoff, for our friends at Tennis Point, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.